How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm, You know I'm doing great. I'm so <laughs> excited about this, this episode. This is like my guy's on tonight. This is like my guy. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm elated. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Mike? It was funny because, uh, you know, last last week we had Robbie on and you guys had had quite the connection there. But, you know, tonight we have we have somebody who's who's really special, uh, at least to you, you know. That's dude. Seriously, Mauricio, he knows this. Is my guy, I watch him. Um, it's the it's the off season, so I don't get too much into the comments and stuff and that. But but I listen to all the shows A to Z. I, I keep up on the Dallas ones, of course. Those are like my main ones. And then mine, of course, I'm going to put mine in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, let's get right to it. Where can we find you on Twitter, sir? At CD Pigler, guys. Nice and easy. I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, here we are with episode three of our new series, Cowboys Crystal Ball. Again, a series where Mike and I bring on a guest to discuss discuss portions of the Cowboys schedule. Last week, we had Robbie Jeffries on to discuss uh weeks five through nine this week we have member and writer for the a to z dallas family host of the primetime show and podcaster for blogging the boys ladies and gentlemen please welcome mauricio rodriguez to the show mauricio Uh, how are you thank you paul thank you mike i'm great i always love talking some cowboys football mike your words (laughs) mean a lot to me so thank you for having me on the show and i cannot wait yes sir well mauricio let the people know where they can find you on twitter uh, you can find me at Mau NFL, so that's M A U NFL. I like that. Now that's so nice and unique. easy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had I had this Twitter handle that had nothing to do with my name because my nickname, for some weird reason, between my friends and I, is Pepo. So I had Pepo R nine nine, and when I changed my Twitter handle. It was like uh, that one hurt. That one hurt when I changed my Twitter handle, but it's turned out to to work out pretty well for me. <laughs> yeah, Very I have the same thing. Mine's an old nickname, a friend's nickname that's just stuck forever. So that's mine too. <laughs> Makes sense. Absolutely. Well, let's get after it, boys. You know, Mauricio, I'm curious, what record do you have for the Cowboys heading into the bye? Heading into the bye, so that's week ten, if I'm not mistaken. I have yes, sir. maybe. Maybe I'm going to be a little bit of a pessimist, I believe, oh, okay. by saying that, well, uh, I think it's a balanced record. I will go with a six and a three. Six and three. Oh, hey, not, nothing wrong. Micah, uh, I think that's where you're at, too, as yeah, well, right? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, at this point, uh, I have it at six and two, but I might have missed a game in there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, clearly, uh, clearly I missed a game, too, Mike, because I have it at six and two as well. So well, it sounds like all three of us have us at six and three. And Mauricio, for you to say you're being pessimistic, that's kind of encouraging. Well, you know, I think that people get scared with the opening games to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, to the Cincinnati Bengals. So maybe that's yeah. why, because I, I see a lot of people saying that maybe the Cowboys go 0-3 versus the not not 0-3 to open the season, but 0-3 to the Buccaneers the Bengals and the Rams, right? Which appear to be the big three before the bye. I think they take at least one of those, right? Right, right. Yeah, I, I don't know if Bengals are as good even as Dallas. They, they got hot, but I don't know if they're as good a team. You know, and that happens sometimes. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, and this isn't a hit on the Eagles, 
But, you know, that team with Nick Foles, if they went through a regular season, was not going to have like a top record or anything like that. They got hot, and that happens. But I I don't go and play Cincinnati at our house and think, oh, we're going to be underdogs. I I just don't. Let me just say, you guys were right. Uh, so I thought the week, the bye week was on week 10, but I'm mistaken. The Green Bay Packers game is in week 10. So you guys yeah. were right. Let's make it, let, let's, I will stick to a, to a six and two then. I will have the same number as you guys. Yeah. I, a lot of NFC East games there. And then you got the Lions and the Bears. I cannot put a third loss there. <laughs> I agree. Hey, well, Marisha, I don't feel so crazy. If, I, if I'm in alliance with you, sir, then I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just just kind of talking about that those first take week eight weeks though. When you look at the schedule, it's you, you mentioned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Cincinnati Bengals, but then we have a game against against the Los Angeles Rams. Really, outside of those three games, it feels like that the those those other five games are pretty winnable games. Would you agree? Yeah, you have to be concerned about the the Eagles, right? We don't know right, what right. the Eagles will look like, and Jalen Hurts is always the big question when it comes to Philly. <laughs> But if they turn out to work out, then that's a big game early in the season in week six. So you, you like Jalen Hurts, huh? Mauricio, is that what I'm hearing? Mm, not really. I, I'm just <laughs> not really, yeah. but I need to give them the benefit of the okay. doubt because he will have quite the team. So here's what I like about the Eagles. I think that if you go position by position and you take a look at the depth of it, in each of it, they might have a more balanced roster than even the Cowboys do, right? In terms of depth mm-hmm. and all of that. So you got to be somewhat worried about that because they're also a team that you're not concerned about the trenches if you're an Eagles fan because you got that part of the game down, I would say. So that's always a concern of mine. But I have my doubts about Jalen Hurts. I would fade him a little bit heading into the most important year of his career. But also, yeah. I got to give him the benefit of the doubt now that he will have the most complete team around him. No, I, I always that. say, I always say, I think the Eagle, the difference in the team of Eagles and Dallas is the same as the difference between Dak and Jalen hurts and quarterback means more. And so, although I'll look, I'll say straight up Eagles are a better team than Dallas, but we got Dak Prescott and they got Jalen hurts and Jalen hurts is a running back that throws. Okay. He just isn't that right. very good. Okay. Well, you know, here we are. We're talking about uh, after the bio here going into week 10, we have the Green Bay Packers. Mauricio, when you look at the Packers, what were some key offseason additions they made that you like? Well, you got to love what they've done on defense, right? And I know that it's not necessarily an addition, but just taking care of Jair Alexander, for example, at cornerback. I know that Quay Walker was a surprise for a lot of people in the first round of the NFL draft. But I will yeah. say this, though. It fits what they want to do right on defense. Like Quay Walker is a player that should fit right into what they want to do. They've got Campbell in there as well, a linebacker. So it's looking like the Packers' biggest change, in my opinion, will come at defense. They were one of the lesser defenses in the NFL last year. They might be in the in the brink of turning into a top unit. Now, it's a big if, I would say, because it's unproven. But that, that would be the ones that I would turn at uh, the most, the ones on defense, more than anything, Quay Walker. Mike, what about you? All right, so I have a little reasoning behind mine. I put Christian Watson. Now, oh, okay. the, the reason right. I did this is because I, I believe Quay Walker and, uh, and um, Devontae Wyatt 
they yeah. are going to take a year, maybe two, to really become what they are. They're they're very traitsy picks mm-hmm. and really, really good traits. And I think so's Christian Watson. The difference is, the reason I put him above is, I think Aaron Rodgers will immediately elevate him more than to where, you know, a DT just needs to build in. A uh, Quay Walker kind of needs to learn a little bit. He has all the physical traits you could ever ask for. He needs a year or two to learn it, you know? And so I kind of, I kind of gave Aaron Rodgers a nod and said, let's put Christian Watson as their big addition because they're going to need somebody. And he's got all the, the, he's got the catch radius. He has the size. He has the 40 time. He has all that. So what can Aaron Rodgers do with that? And so I'm kind of, it's kind of an Aaron Rodgers answer. Yeah, I got you. Uh, for me, you know, I, I thought the addition of Jerron Reed, defensive tackle, to kind of replace Darius Smith, a linebacker, I thought that was a good move because he can play linebacker. He can also play defensive tackle, and he can move all around the defensive line as well. So, you know, trying to fill that void left behind left, left behind uh, uh, Smith is what, what was key to me. I, I, I will say Jerome. this. I will say this. Maybe we're underrating – the other wide receiver, right? Because they did sign Sammy Watkins, and I know we have not talked about him a lot across the NFL, but watch out for that. That could be a, a sneaky good signing by the Packers because he might not be healthy for the 17 games of the season, but when he is, that guy can can stand up. Yeah, I, I agree, and that's another Aaron Rodgers thing. When When you have talent, Aaron Rodgers will find a way to make it work. And so Sammy Watkins can end up having his best year if he's healthy. Yeah, you kind of look at those Green Bay receivers, and they've all got one thing in common. It's it's speed, and they're bigger guys. You look at Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and Christian Watson. You know, those guys can be dangerous, especially at this point in the season. What if what if Watkins what if Watkins does stay healthy? What if Watson does catch on and he earns Aaron Rodgers' trust? That could be a, a big factor heading into week 10. Uh, well, you know, talking about the additions, of course, any team as good as, uh, you know, most NFL teams are going to suffer some losses. Mike, what, what were some key uh, losses that you thought Green Bay suffered this offseason? I mean, we all know the answer is Adams, of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, he, yeah. he went he went to uh, I'm I'm from Fresno, California, so I love him. Uh, I'm glad he's back near us, not Oakland anymore, not California, but he's with his boy, Derek Carr, another Fresno guy. Um, and he's going to be a big loss and it's not, I don't believe he's the best wide receiver in football. I think he's a great wide receiver that's elevated to the best because of the quarterback play, but he's yeah. a damn good, re- like he's a great receiver. And best so he's route runner be in the a league. big loss. What's that now? Best route runner in the league. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, I mean, he's got to be considered with Diggs, Cooper and Keenan Allen. He's in that, that tier one bunch. And, um, and he had Rogers trust and no one else on that core, their receiving core has trust like that. So that that's, that's the, I mean, what else are we going to say that that's the number one? It was hard to find a lot of losses. I mentioned is Darius Smith already. That's a big one on defense, but as he's getting older and everything, he didn't really play much last year. It's just kind of, you know, you saw the season that him and his brother had, I believe it was 2020 or 2019 when they both had over 10 sacks. So. But yeah, outside of Adams and Zadarius Smith, there weren't very many losses. Unless was was there one that caught your eye, Mauricio? I would say that maybe a sneaky one on the offensive line might be Billy Turner, right? Offensive lineman, because you're losing some uh, like a, a guy that can start in there. But I would say that I was going to say also, uh, you know, apart from Devante Adams, which is the obvious one, as Mike said, I'm concerned about the Zadarius Smith one because even. 
with the age being a factor and all of that, if there's one thing that I do not feel comfortable about a Packers defense at this stage, is their depth at edge rusher and outside linebacker, you know, Sadarius is mid. I'm concerned about that one for them. Absolutely. I agree. Well, we know that the loss of Devontae Adams is going to be big, but when you still look at this offense, I mean, they've got running backs Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. That's quite the duo there. Mauricio, when you look at those guys, who scares you most for this Cowboys defense? I have to say Aaron Jones. I have to say Aaron Jones because I respect the guy too much. And at this stage, we've been talking about them losing Devontae Adams. They turned to Aaron Jones a lot mm -hmm. in the passing game when Adams was not available to them. No. So... Just the fact that they can target Aaron Jones out of the backfield. There have been some rumors similar to the maybe Tony Pollard rumors that maybe they want him to expand his role on offense. So that can definitely be something to watch out for. I got to say Aaron Jones, I believe he's the most complete back on the team. And I believe that he will also be used in the passing game quite a bit. Mike, how about you? Oh, Mauricio's dead. On. Listen to this. Two games against Dallas. 38 carries. 232 yards, five touchdowns, 6.1 yards per carry. 6.1? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he <laughs> annihilates us. So, yeah, I'm terrified of that guy. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget that 2019 game when he scored four TDs uh, in our house. Man, that was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's the one thing I'll say about last year's team, and we haven't gotten better losing Brent Urban, you know, is that run efficiency wise, we were still bottom third of the league versus the run. And you that's my pet peeve. The whole every year with Dak, uh, it's been bad run defense efficiency. So yeah, Aaron Jones is scary. You know, for me, I'm going the other way, guys. I'm going with AJ Dillon. You look at the uh, when you compare their workout metrics, AJ Dillon's bigger, he's faster, he's stronger. And man, he, you know, he, we, he saw last year that he can also be a weapon catching the ball out of the backfield as well. So, you know, I know that's a pretty scary uh, duo, but I'm worried about that. It's going to be a cold weather game. We're going to Lambeau Field. I could see, you know, them them utilizing A.J. Dillon more to get some short yardage stuff just to kind of beat up on our defensive line. And we know that we don't have a big boy who's going to be able to stop the run. So I'm actually a little bit more scared of, of A.J. Dillon as far as this game goes. I mean, if he gets going, we're, we're going to be in trouble. Dude, oh. Bad, 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 bad. So, you know, looking at the uh, Dallas offense and Green Bay diff in the Green Bay defense, Mike, which one, which side is better? Okay, so there's a oh, this is this was good because this is a good one. Yeah, because if you're going off of last year, I'm just gonna go Dallas's offense. I mean, it's like it's easy, but yeah. we have so many questions at offensive line and wide receiver, and they've added so much, you know, defensively, they've added a lot of talent from the draft, they've added a lot of stuff. So they kept yeah. Alexander, as Mauricio said. I went homer. I went home, oh, and the reason I okay. went home is y'all know I believe in Dak Prescott when he's healthy, and I think if you're going for this game, no matter how good they are, Dak's going to put some points on them. Dak, Dak will score, and if you're going through the season when, with Dak and Kellen Moore, as much as we give Kellen Moore some some uh, you know some shame a little bit, they've been a top five offense anytime they're healthy. So. I mean, I'm, I I haven't seen it with Green Bay. I've seen it with Dak in the offense. So I'm going to go Cowboys, but I'm not going to argue if anybody goes different. Mauricio, what about you? 
I also went home around this one, but I struggled. <laughs> I also struggled a lot. And more than backing the Cowboys, I also consider this a fade on the Packers' defense. And I mentioned it earlier. The Packers, on paper, they've added a lot of talent to that unit. But Mike said it perfectly. We have not seen it yet. Last year, they were a bottom 12 defense in the NFL in terms of DVOA, for example, by football outsiders. So they've had their share of issues on that side of the ball. And I'm not sure that, you know, when you're counting on Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt to turn that around on year one, I'm not sure that I can hop on board with that bandwagon, not yet at least. So I will just fade the Packers defense a little bit. And I agree with Mike. The Cowboys offense has been, when healthy, one of the best in the league. I don't know if by week 10 that will still be the case. We saw them with a decline in the second half of the year of the season last year, but I'm still back in the Cowboys offense on this one. More of a fade on the Packers defense, though. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, wouldn't, I don't think Quay Walker is enough Micah Parsons. You know, I, I, he's going to need a little bit. Parsons came in and was just ridiculous. If yeah. they do that, then maybe it's closer. But I just I don't think Quay Walker is going to be that impactful year one. Uh, you know, shout out to uh, to our first comment of the night. It's our guy Frankie Kenneth. This is to you, Mauricio. It's a uh, saludos a Mauricio al fin un hispano de visita. <laughs> What's up, Frankie? Thank you for tuning in. Saludos igualmente. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shout out to Frankie. Love uh, Frankie. Guys, yes, sir. Okay, so, you know, you're looking at the Green Bay. We've talked about their losses on offense. We've talked about the additions to their defense. We're looking at Green Bay. Are they still a top five NFC team? Mauricio. They're a top five NFL team, I would say. And I, oh, I would wow. make them a top three NFC team for sure. I think that the top three contenders in the conference have, and I know this is not a hot take at all, but in the conference, they have to be in some order. We're not going to rank them tonight, I guess, but Buccaneers, Rams, and Packers, right? Whichever order okay. you want yeah. to put them in. Yeah. But I think definitely they are one of the best in the conference yet. And Devante Adams, all of the respect, but is any wide receiver, even Devante Adams, that important for a team to, you know, scratch them as a top five team in the conference when you were clearly one for the past couple of years? I would say no. Mike? I agree. Oh, this is this could lead us into all oh, this. All right, I'm going to do it. Screw it. I if if it costs 30 million, I will not be mad at Stephen Jones if he lets CeeDee Lamb walk. And I love, I have his jersey. I love him. 30 million. Wide receivers are churned out too much. I I, I got Marka Parsons. I got Diggs. I got Dak I got to pay for. I, I'm good keeping him. But if they decide, nah, wide receiver, we're not paying 25, 30 million. I, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to go crazy. Am I crazy to say that? I don't think Lamb's even done enough to earn 20 million a year. Yeah, I would say I would say after this year, that sounds like it will be crazy talk. But the fact is, we have not gotten to that year, right? So it's yeah. right now might be fair though. But here's the thing: with the thirty million for the Vante Adams, that's like the new money contract portion of the because it's a new contract, right? In its entirety, more or less. Yes. Yeah, yeah it is. That's a tough one. Yeah, Tyreek Hill got up there, you know, and then Christian Kirk was like, what are we doing? And that's, market, why, 
That's why you can't say like, oh, should he be worth 20 million? Christian Kirk got what did he hello? So of course yeah. CD Lamb's gonna be like, bro, Christian Kirk, what are you talking about? I'm not worth this money. So I I'm good if we sign him. I'm just saying I kill Steven Jones a lot. If he doesn't want to pay a wide receiver that much money, I get it. I'm I'm not gonna kill him for that. Just don't let Diggs or Parsons go because then then we're yeah. gonna have a problem. Yeah, Marisa, you, you you said that you thought the Packers were a top five team in the NFL. I'm curious, do you, do you think that they're better than every team in the AFC West? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, maybe that sounded like an, an overstatement, right? Because you've got you've got several good teams there. So yes. right off the top of my head, you've got I have the Rams above the Packers right now. Yeah. I have the Chiefs and the Bills clearly above the Packers as well. Okay. And you said the Buccaneers as well, right? Buccaneers, Buccaneers, yeah. Oh, you don't sound so confident now, sir. Yeah, when you start listing them out, yeah, it's hard realizing, right? right? Maybe not. Maybe not because I would make. I I I don't know where I stand on the Broncos yet. I don't know where I stand on Mm, them. I've loved their roster for a long, long time. I think that they have always been a quarterback away from being a contender, and I know they will be. But just the fact of playing in such a killer division, that impacts things, right? Because that means that you will likely be playing on the road in the playoffs. So I I always Mm -hmm. take that into consideration. Meanwhile, the Packers, they might have a path towards the number one seed in the NFC. So there's that. I don't know. I don't know, though. I love that question, and and here's my thing. I think Russell Wilson, although two years ago had good stats, I think he's been on the decline the last two years. Now that could be on the team, but but he has been. And then without Vic Fangio, will the defense in Denver be the same without a genius running things like Vic Fangio? You know, so question. Yeah, definitely. I would put the Packers above the Broncos for sure. Agreed. Okay. All right. So, you know, maybe they're top, they're not a top five team in the NFL, but they're definitely a top five team in the NFC. If Dallas were to win this game, Mauricio, would it be a signature win? It would so be a signature win because it means a lot to, to go into Lambeau. It can yeah. be week one. It can be week two, whatever it is. That's a signature win beating the Packers at home, especially even if it was in Dallas, especially for a team. And this might be more, you know, important for the fans than the actual players but you know they've owned us <laughs> they've owned us <laughs> recently it's the truth so that would 100 be a signature win i guess mike am i crazy to think you agree everything mauricio said plus it could be a tiebreaker and it's an nfc mm. opponent which could work in a tiebreaker so yeah, yeah. They, you if we beat say we went in and we beat tampa bay and beat Bengals and beat the Rams. We beat all three of them. Ooh, yeah. None, I'm telling you right now, none of them will impact fans like beating Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Right. That I will agree. be the signature win. Yeah. Let me let me add something here because we talked at the beginning of the show about how easy the schedule looks like to open the season beyond the box game and the Bengals game. If you get to six and two, like we predicted. Yeah. Everyone will be talking during the bye week about, oh, they haven't beaten anybody, right? Because maybe, say they lose to the Bucs, and maybe they lose to the Rams. People will be saying they haven't beaten anybody. But you come off the bye week and you beat the Packers at home. Yes, sir. That's something. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Bingo. All right, Mauricio, here's a tough question. Is this a win or a loss? I will go, like uh, Mike said it best uh, earlier on the show, I went with the homer. I, I went with the homer angle here. It's a bye week for the Cowboys. The Packers' schedule is not necessarily easy to begin the season, so they might catch them at a weak spot on this one, right. week 10. And I think that, you know, the Packers, they might take some time to figure things out without Devante Adams there. I will go with a win. And honestly, it's June. So I I, I need to be optimistic in June, <laughs> at least a little bit. Yes, sir. Mike, how about you? I I, I also have a W. So we're on point. <laughs> and, and he kind of nailed it. We're good off a of bye. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they have a lot of new to build in. And um, and I, I do like how we match up our secondary against their um, core and, and our pass rush. I think um, Rodgers is going to have to take some risks. And he's great, but he doesn't like to risk a lot. And if we can get the pressure that I think we're going to be able to get. Yeah. I I like I, I kind of like this matchup. Yeah, you know, when I was looking earlier at the Packers schedule, and they're going to be playing three straight road games leading up to this Week Ten matchup. And like you guys mentioned, Dallas is coming off of off a of bye, so I too have the Cowboys winning a big game on the road as well. I want this one for Mike McCarthy. I I know hey, that we're not go. sure about McCarthy yet right, as, right. as a fan base, but I want this one for him. I want this one for Mike. <laughs> When yes, if when this and and it will it'll tell you a lot too because if this team comes out and plays up to being at Green Bay for its coach, yeah, that'll yeah. tell me a lot going into the end of the season. Like, okay, this team's ready to play for them instead of going, eh, you know, Dan Quinn's going to be the coach or Sean Payton's going to be the coach. I'm not <laughs> yeah. worried about Mike McCarthy. It it'll tell you a lot about the team and how how he impacts it. Very good points there, guys. We're moving on here to week 11 versus the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, in 2021, they were eight and nine, second in the division. They missed the playoffs, but their 2022 strength of schedule is the 13th easiest. Mike, when you look at the Vikings, what were some key offseason additions for them? Uh, you know, I, I think, I, I guess the guy's going to be Smith that we're going to say, but, and is he healthy? But I mean, it, it's kind of negligible because is he's replacing Barr. So they they make a big addition. I, I'm I, I just I'm gonna go with none, and I'll let y'all take Smith if you if you want him. How about you, Mauricio? Well, I had I had two names written down. I had Sedarius Smith, obviously, but also shout out to Andrew Booth, right? Cornerback. They took him in the second oh. round, and that's a big one because. Cornerback has been sort of cursed for the Vikings over the last few years because they've gotten cornerbacks both in free agency and through the draft, but they cannot stay healthy or they end up having down years or things like that. So they're constantly trying to fix the cornerback position. And I don't see Andrew Booth as a starter on this team necessarily, but I, I'm guessing his cornerback tree behind Dantzler behind Patrick Peterson. So I think that's a big addition from them. Yeah, that's a good one for me. I'm, I'm going with the head coach, Kevin O'Connell. You know, he's a younger, offensive-minded, player-friendly coach who could be a breath of fresh air for this Viking team that's probably been needed for a couple of years, especially when you think about the offense that's 
currently the strength of this team and you know him him coming from the Sean McVay uh, coaching tree, if you will, playing next to him, winning that Super Bowl last year. I, I like that that addition there because again, like I mentioned, the offense is probably going to be the the strength of this team. So you got the right coach in there. I feel like he was the Rams OC. Uh, I don't know if it was the OC or quarterback coach or, or something like that, but I want to say it was an offensive coordinator. Okay. I apologize. I, I I I cannot remember. I'm sorry about I that. I had guys. to check that one. I'm I'm checking it real quick though. Yeah, please just do. To be sure. Uh, he was offensive coordinator. Right? That's right. Okay. 2020 to 2021 for the Rams. So you so uh, we'll, we'll we'll I know we're live, but we'll edit that out and we'll just make it like I absolutely knew that. Oh yeah, offensive <laughs> right? Kyle's offensive coordinator. Sure. <laughs> to, hey, no 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 worries there, Mike. I'll do my best on the editing in there. <laughs> on live yeah <laughs> we're now we're moving on to the losses of the offseason marisa what were some uh, key offseason losses for the vikings honestly i look at this team and it feels like they're pretty much the same team as they were last year so i yeah. couldn't come up with anyone uh i know that they have a change at head coach i don't think that's a loss because i do think they had to move on from simmer that's for sure but more than anything on the offensive side of things they feel to me like exactly the same unit that yeah. they were last season. So I cannot think of any big loss on their roster. Well, you know, instead of asking this next, this you the same question, Mike, I'm going to ask a different question off the show sheet here. And I'll ask you the same question as well, Mauricio. But Mike, do you think that the Vikings should have gone into a rebuild mode after losing their GM and their head coach? No. And the, the only reason I say that is, is, Kirk, Kirk Cousins is a, a a good enough playoff quarterback, so he can keep you around there. So right, you don't right. want to just get a new coach in, bring him in from a champion. He's the OC of the champs. Yeah, and yeah. then go like, yeah, we're re, – we're re, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, um, their Healing. two big losses are uh, Michael Pierce, and they brought in um, Harrison Phillips, and um, Anthony Barr, and they bring in Zadarius Smith. So, like – they they feel real similar, and it's it's not like you thought they were like oh they're bottom of the basement they're the Bears or something. Right, so right. I I wouldn't rebuild with them. I I would go if you're gonna pay Curtin Cousins all that money, you know, year to year basically, might as well try to do something with them. Get in and see if you can get hot, you know, and 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 win some games in the playoffs. Mauricio, what about you? Do, do, do you think the Rams should have maybe started a, a mini rebuild or, you know, try to trade away some pieces that still have high value to, to prepare for the future? Well, this is more than anything like a, a personal philosophy of mine. I hate mini rebuilds. I hate all kinds of rebuilds in the NFL, especially when you've got, and many people will hate me for this maybe, but you've got a quarterback. Kirk Cousins is a quarterback worthy mm -hmm. of starting in the NFL. He might not be top 10. He might not Maybe he's borderline top 15. I mean, I'm not going to rank them off the top of my head, right? But uh, I, I think it's tough to go into a rebuild mode when you are in the conversation to be a wildcard team in the NFC. So I say no. Yeah, I agree. Pe people can hate on this, but you put Kirk Cousins on a roster like the Eagles, a roster like the Colts, uh, a yeah, roster yeah. Yeah. Even you the know, like, like Chargers or, or Denver. Yeah. He's going to compete. He, he's They're mm -hmm. going to be a tough out. You know, when they play yeah. in the playoffs, nobody's going to be like, we got this. Like, he's good enough to win some of those games. He, he may not, but he's good enough to. And when you're that close, 
and of course you're not trying to jinx any player here, but Aaron Rodgers might miss some games and then you might be in a position to win the division and, and make noise in the playoffs. So it's tough. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect transition to this next question, Mauricio. You know, looking at the division, when you look at their the Vikings offense and defense, are they the best team in the NFC North? No, no. I I need to to give that to the Green Bay Packers for sure. I know that they okay. don't have Devontae Adams anymore, but Aaron Rodgers is just that important at this stage. Yeah. And he's playing at he's honestly in one of the best phases of his career, even towards the end of it. And we can talk about Devante Adams. We can talk about the weapons that he has. But honestly, I feel like one of the biggest reasons why that is the case is that he fit with Matt LaFleur. And we weren't sure if that was going to be the case when LaFleur first arrived in Green Bay. I think that's a huge reason why we've seen Aaron Rodgers take that level back to the top of the league, maybe. So I think they will remain one of the best teams in the NFL as long as those two are together. Mike, what about you? No, I, I think he, I could just say ditto. I mean, he nailed it. Aaron Rodgers is Green Bay's quarterback. So, yeah, they're the unless knock on wood, as he said, something happens to Aaron Rodgers. That's that's the guy you're going to give it to. Did you yes, really sir. knock on the wood, though? No, nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding <laughs> I don't I I am very I don't want any of the human beings. Nah, injured. Yeah. I'm one of those like if we're going to beat them, we're going to beat them. But I, I don't right. I don't want anybody hurt. I'm the same. I'm exactly the same, except for Vontae's perfect. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> not even Vontae's perfect, to be honest, man. Oh, that's, that's funny. Uh, uh, we know that Aaron Rodgers is, is the best quarterback in the NFC North. But you look at a guy like Justin Jefferson, Mauricio, is he the best wide receiver in the NFL? He might be at some point in the future. Today, I cannot say that he is. I would still have guys like Devontae Adams ranked above him. I would still have even DeAndre Hopkins. And I know that, you know, he was oh, wow. injured and maybe he, he was not the same guy as before. But yeah. I believe that these guys are still one level ahead of Justin Jefferson. Now, Jefferson has been so impressive to watch. He had a legit argument to be the offensive rookie of the year when Herbert ended up winning it. But uh, Jefferson will be in that conversation for years to come. I cannot say that he is right now in 2022, though. Not yet. Mike? Agreed. Adams, Diggs, uh, uh, Cup, mm -hmm. uh, Hopkins. I'm the same way. Hopkins pre-injury was my top one, so I'm not just taking him out because he came off an injury. I think that guy is just ridiculous. And um, and do, don't forget, you know, now Jalen Tolbert's in the league. So we got, I think, <laughs> I don't think it's Homer to say he might be better than Justin Jefferson. Watch out for TJ Basher, though. Now that guy. That's, yeah, he's tall. We need it. We need some tall. All right, Mike. Here, here comes a tough question. Did Dallas make a mistake taking CD over Jefferson? No, because, I mean, so when a guy like CeeDee Lamb falls to you, you take him and you, you're you happy. And you have to remember, like, Justin Jefferson came into a system built for what he does well. Build on the play action, get the ball deep. You know, he, he does that. CeeDee Lamb had to – is he a slot guy? Do we want to play him outside? Uh, you know, Amari Cooper's on the team. Um, so if they switch roles, I'm not saying that he'll – 
amass Jefferson's yardage, but he would be comparable. He said, they're both so talented. Um, you know, like I think Jerry Judy and Minnesota would be a damn good receiver too. You know, he got stuck oh, in, Lord. in Denver and, uh, yeah. and then, you know, the other one, unfortunately had his issues, but he was a talented guy too. Henry Ruggs, you know, yeah, yeah. all four of them were talented. Um, I think Justin Jefferson is the best of them, but you're not going to, you didn't make a mistake. CD Lamb's going to be a killer this year. So not a mistake. No. Mauricio. I agree with everything that Mike said. Uh, I think that the conversation will change. Maybe one year we will feel better about CeeDee Lamb. Maybe another year we will feel better about Justin Jefferson. I just do not want Cowboys Nation to remember taking CeeDee Lamb over a player drafted, a wide receiver drafted by the Minnesota Vikings to become a storyline just like with Randy Moss, though. Hopefully... That doesn't end up being the case in the long term. Absolutely. God, please don't. You know, sticking with the Minnesota Vikings here, Mike, I'm sure you're a big fan of this question. I'm going to ask Mauricio first. Are Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins closer in talent and rankings than people would like to admit? I am. I have always been high on Kirk Cousins. Let me tell you that. I have always been high <laughs> on Kirk Cousins, or at least higher than your average fan. However, right. however... I am higher on Dak Prescott than the average fan. So I think that with Dak Prescott, you're talking about a guy that to me is a lock top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And with Kirk Cousins, as I said earlier on the show, maybe he's borderline top 15. I do think he's a good quarterback. I just have so much faith in Dak Prescott and where he's going as a, as a, because he's young. I know he's been playing since 2016, but the guy's junk. He's not even uh, – he's in that peak area maybe of his career. Maybe we're getting closer to the peak now. Yeah. But he's still there. So uh, I'm still betting on Dak Prescott to be a way more talented quarterback than Cousins. Mike? I feel like I should not answer it and just be mad at you for even putting it like I would normally <laughs> do. But I'm going to be nice and answer it. Kirk Cousins could never be what Dak was the first six weeks of the year. He was the MVP after the New England game. I legit told him, I said on the podcast after New England, he's the best quarterback in the league right now. Maybe I jinxed him. You know, he hurt his cap. Maybe I, maybe this was my fault, but it, you know, Kirk Cousins just is not going to be in that tier, not there. So, you know, there's just levels. He's very good. He could be a playoff quarterback. He can't get to that. There was a time where last year where we were like Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott. Like those were the guys. You can hate Dak Prescott all you want. After the New England game, when he annihilated Bill Belichick, record-breaking in New England, there's nothing you can say. Now, afterwards, okay. I get it. But at that point, we were talking about him being tier one. That Cousins ain't getting there. Absolutely. You mentioned the first six weeks of the season, Mike. There's Kirk Cousins on in his best life and his wildest fantasies. I don't think could ever could ever do that. But uh, you know, the reason I even asked this question is because it seems like people like to compare for whatever reason Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins. I don't know if it's because of the the lack of playoff success or the numbers or whatever it may be, like the uh, I, I don't know if it's like the primetime games where, you know, D- Dak's kind of struggled in primetime along with, with Kirk Cousins as well. So that's the only reason I asked this question because there, there's never in a million years would I think that they're close in terms of talent. But 
you know, it is, it's it's always been weird to me how people compare them. Here, here's the thing about that question. Okay, if you watch Will Steele or Mauricio's shows, A to Z Sports, you don't hear those questions. You watch, uh, uh, let's stick the, the the shows like that that are good that are legitimately talking about Dallas Cowboys, and it's not TV characters that are trying to. When you go to the TV characters. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to rile up a fan base and get people yeah. interactions on Twitter and get clicks. Those are the ones that are like, oh yeah, Dak and Kirk Cousins. They don't believe it. They don't. I've told I've told Paul this on the show a bunch of times. Whatever they rank a cowboy person tier wise, they always mean one higher because mm-hmm. they're going to take it down because they want the Cowboys nation to go what. You did this? So just remember that. Yeah. They don't really believe him and Kirk Cousins are similar. They're not that stupid. Well, some of them are that stupid, but it is what it is. That's that's that type of show's thing, which is why normally Mauricio, when he knows when he asks this question, <laughs> I normally go, I'm not answering that. We'll move on. But I did it this time because I was being nice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mike, I appreciate you being nice for once, sir. I try. All right, Maurice, looking at this week 11 matchup versus the Vikings, do you have this as a win or a loss, sir? Well, you know, with the Packers game, I said that this was going to be a win because I was feeling optimistic and maybe I was not entirely confident. On this one, I am confident. I'm calling this one a win. I think that by this point in the year, remember that Michael Gallup should be back. I mean, I'm crossing my fingers that he will be back, right? So you will have CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and a combination of Dylan Tolbert, maybe James Washington, and those guys at wide receiver. I think they get the better of the Vikings cornerbacks, even though they have some talented guys in there. Mike? I'm I'm going on a shocker here, and I'm I'm gonna do the, I'm gonna pull the human element here. Okay. Our backup quarterbacks beat Minnesota the last two times. Yes. This new coach, this new coach is going to tell them about that. And we're going to be coming off of finally beating Aaron Rodgers in my mind, in my thing. So I think we kind of go, oh, we beat Aaron Rodgers in Green. All right, this is great. And this team comes in like, these dudes' backups beat you last two times. Mm-hmm. And I just think for some reason, I think mentality-wise, I think they're going to pull out a win here. And get us and the split we expect is to lose the Rodgers and beat Minnesota. I think yeah. we're still gonna get the split, but it's gonna be a flip. We're kind of gonna relate like beat Aaron Rodgers, and they're gonna be pumped up to play us, and and they're gonna steal one. I, I like that storyline there, Mike. I really do. That's that's an interesting uh twist there. But for me, you know, after uh, two straight road games for from Minnesota against physical teams in Washington and Buffalo, I feel like Dallas wins their second straight game on the road, and you know I have this as a W. I love the way you're 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 looking at the schedule now, Paul. I just love it. I take credit for that, Mauricio. Hey, I was going to give you credit, <laughs> but I love the looking at the travel, looking at how physical the teams are. We used to talk about how you played Legion of Boom and you'd lose the next week. Yeah. Every team that played Remember them the that next effect, week. That effect was crazy because that was like statistically, it was insane, right? It was it was unbelievable. If you played Seattle, you lost the next week. So I love that. <laughs> Thinking about, yeah, this team's going to be beat up playing Bills in Washington who are, who are big, physical, beat-you-up teams. 
They're on the road, and they. I love the way you went for that game. It actually kind of changed my mind. I, I'm, I'm going to keep what I had, yeah. but I love your reasoning. Yes, sir. All right, Maurice, so we're moving on here to week 12, and we talked a little bit about the Giants already. Uh, but, when, you know, we're, we're playing here on Thanksgiving. I'll just give you a recap of the Giants' 2021 uh, season. They were 4-13, and last in the division. They missed the playoffs, of course. And their 2022 strength of schedule is the fourth easiest. But, again, we're playing here on Thanksgiving. When you look at Thanksgiving, where does that rank for you as far as holidays go? Well, here's the thing, and this is what this is the answer that you guys get when inviting a, a guy that's not from the United States, right? The thing okay. about where Thanksgiving ranks in, in my holiday rankings is that it doesn't even rank at all because here in Mexico, we really don't do anything in Thanksgiving. Like, if you're a football fan, you will watch football, sure, but not every family, and I would say that it is very uncommon for a family here in Mexico to have Thanksgiving dinner. That is very rare. Oh, wow. In my family, we did it a few times, but it was just an excuse to watch football, right? <laughs> so, yeah, in, in reality, we, re we don't really do Thanksgiving, to be honest. Okay, well, so can I, can I get your top five holidays? Yeah, so, and this, this will be, you know, a little bit ironic because not everyone in Mexico does Halloween, but to me, I've got Christmas at number one, and then I've got Halloween. Man, I'm trying to think of more because we, we really don't do Easter either. Like, not in the oh, Easter wow, okay. bunny way, you know? Right, right. Uh, so maybe those two, and I honestly, I'm trying to think about more holidays. Does the, does the NFL draft count as a holiday? <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> I only did two also. Because, you know, you know I've got... I'm going to include NFL dates here just to make it a little bit more interesting. So I will go with the NFL draft at number three. Okay. And that's ranked above the NFL kickoff, which is ranked at fourth. And then the Super Bowl at fifth, because the Super Bowl is bittersweet, to be honest. It, it, it is bittersweet. And Maurice, I'm curious, is uh, as Halloween, you say that's your second favorite holiday. Is that kind of a big celebration there in Mexico? No, not, not every family does it. Not every family okay. does it because there's Dia de los Muertos in here. I'm sure that you guys watched Coco, the movie. Okay. I know that Mike is a big Disney fan. So uh, the thing about Coco is that it's like 50% Mexican culture and then it's 50% maybe uh, Catholic religion, right? So it's okay. a little bit of, of a mixed bag there because some people say that you shouldn't do Halloween and all of that. Yeah. It's a controversy. In my family, we've made a huge deal out of it. We decorated the whole house. Once we put together about 900, and I'm not exaggerating, I promise, 900 candy bags, and they all went away because we decorated the entire patio, and it was like a special event for people that went there, and it was fun. <laughs> What's your awesome. favorite candy to get for Halloween? My favorite candy? Yeah. You know, this... I don't know if you guys have this in, in the United States. Have you had the dragoncitos, which are like this paper? It's like spicy. Oh, man, I'm not even I, I like a spicy sugar kind of thing. And then you, you they put them in this paper envelopes. So it's like a spicy slash sweet kind of candy. Huh? No, I've never heard I, of that. I will That's ask. It. I'm, I'm going to ask uh, uh, B about that for sure. 
Yeah, tell, tell her about Dragoncitos. She will know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm entirely sure about it. Now, most, most candies here in Mexico, like the good ones, are, you know, spicy ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike, I know you said you only have two, two holidays on your list. So, so give me your, where does Thanksgiving rank for you? Well, Christmas has to be number one because I'm a Christmas Eve baby. So uh, I'm yeah, one, yeah, one yeah. day away. So I have to put Christmas. And then, like he said about Disneyland, I'm a Disneyland freak, and my favorite time is Halloween. I love the villains. I love to go during Halloween. I'm going twice during Halloween time this year. My Ooh. boss is not very happy about that. And then uh, Thanksgiving will be third. I like the food and the football. Yeah, you've got the like, infamous comment from year one about Thanksgiving, what you have to do for your family. <laughs> yeah, and what's great is... Thank God. My, I, 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 <laughs> so I've had to cook Thanksgiving for a long time, Mauricio. My, my, yeah. my brother, who is a chef last year, kind of took it over. And I'm hoping that trend continues <laughs> because when I like, it's so basic. Like they're so like salt and pepper. Don't put too much salt. And like, when, like I want to cook something like something different, like a different culture every year and like what they would cook for this holiday. And it's always like Turkey, you know, box stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to do any of that. So I'm glad no. my brothers took it over now. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, Mauricio, I, I guess you, you don't have an answer to this next question. I don't know if you're a, a pie guy, but I'll ask you, do you have a favorite pie? Uh, yeah. Uh, apple pie. I'm going to stick to the basics, and I will say apple go. pie for sure. Nothing That's the one that, that we've always gotten at in my house. Mike, what's, what's your favorite Thanksgiving dessert? Banana pudding. <laughs> <laughs> There's an inside joke to this, Mauricio, that I will send you after the show. It's about a okay. two-minute clip. You oh, can watch, and I'll send it to you after the show immediately. Okay. But just remember the banana pudding answer. <laughs> okay. You know, for me, Mike, I don't know how familiar you are with this or you either, Mauricio, but I, I'm a big fan of the uh, pumpkin pie with, with the Cool Whip topping, personally. Ooh, of course. Yeah. I'm fat, I, dude. <laughs> I've had, like, the like the pumpkin roll. Have you had that? Oh, dude, yes. Which yes. is kind of similar, though, but in a roll, my mom my mom cooks it, and, and she he, she nails it every time. Oh, love, love it. Love that sounds great. Roll, all right, Mike, I'm sure I know the answer to this question, but is turkey overrated, whether it be turkey on Thanksgiving, deli meat, turkey, or just turkey in general? Turkey is not overrated for leftovers. I mm, like okay. to take the leftovers, and and I'm I'm creative when I cook, so I'll make enchiladas out of it. I'll make uh, uh, a million things. We don't need to go over everything. But right. I, but for day of, like turkey on Thanksgiving, that ain't, it's all right. Whatever, if the gravy's good, the turkey will be good. Uh, Mauricio, how about you? What, what are your thoughts on turkey? Um, I I think that I am forced to say that it is overrated just because when I, in my Christmas dinners, that's like the last thing that I get. I get a lot of different plates on my plate and then, you know, turkey is at towards the end. So I will say that, yeah, it is overrated for me. <laughs> the thing about turkey, man, it's like you have to cook it perfectly to be good. You know what I mean? Outside of it being deli turkey, yeah. but if you overcook it, it's way too dry. And even if you cook it perfectly, still the white meat is too dry. Uh, that being said, I, I do feel like turkey kind of gets a little bit too much hate because it's good for sandwiches. Mike, like you said, it's good in leftovers when you add it to other things. So I kind of feel like it's a bit underrated only, only just because of how versatile it is. Awesome. 
All right, so, uh, Mike, if the Cowboys lose, does that ruin your Thanksgiving? Yep. <laughs> Simple enough. Next question. <laughs> Mauricio, I know you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, but when the Cowboys lose on that day, does that uh, how, how does that affect your mood? Well, you know, before I did the, the live streams that I do post-game, I would carry the Cowboys' losses on my back the entire week. But now I have this post-game show that I do live every single week and it's like a therapy session for me so I get it all out of my system and then I feel better the rest of the week before that though I carried it with me I will I will tell you what though remember in 2017 when the Seattle Seahawks eliminated the Cowboys from playoff contention in it, it was in Christmas Eve wasn't it Mike uh, I know yeah. that it was your birthday then and you know that ruined my Christmas Eve. I do remember that. I was, it was the worst. Just the <laughs> yeah. friggin' worst. Yeah, I remember it to this day. What yeah, year man, was that? that? 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say it's funny that you mentioned that, Mauricio, about how the the post game show talking it over and everything kind of helps you ease with the loss. When when Mike and I started this podcast, we started at the year of the 2020 season, and of course we know that Dak got injured and that was a bad season for us. But it was funny because just being able to talk about the Cowboys and be honest about them being a bad team and talk about the losses and not trying to find any silver lining or make up any positive things to say about it, it was actually therapeutic to to talk about those losses and, and to be honest about you know the state of the team. Yeah, it most really true thing. Most true thing I, I, I've heard. It, it really is therapeutic just to go on the pod and talk about it and to listen to you and Will the next morning and night, that <laughs> night and the next morning. Totally therapeutic. It really was. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Mauricio, we we're talking about, you know, leading up to this game, we're facing the Vikings, we're facing the Packers. But if Dallas were to lose to the Giants, you know, what would would that hurt us bad if we were to win the, the, the two games prior to that? No, nah, it, it wouldn't hurt as bad because you know that the Giants are not a threat. It would suck because you want them to be consistent. Right. But I'm guessing that Cowboys Nation, well, you know, I cannot bet on Cowboys Nation being reasonable. But for me, at <laughs> least, it wouldn't be as bad because you feel you, you could write it off as a down game, right? Like, you know, they laid a dot maybe. But I, I would say that it wouldn't hurt as bad because the, the wins that will matter the most are likely to be the Packers and the Vikings. Right. Mike, what about you? I agree. If you wanted to be cynical, you could be like, it's a division game and this and that. But if you gave the option, everybody would say, beat Green Bay and, and Minnesota, and you'll be cool with the loss exactly. of the game. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And especially when you think about the third game and 10 game. The, the third game in 10 days, we know about how the schedule is set up and everything. So uh, I would, you could, this would be a much easier pill to swallow, especially if we won those first two games. So, you know, talking about this game, though, Marisa, do you have this as a win or a loss? Uh, oh, I win. I do every game versus the Giants. To me, I have this as a win. <laughs> are you, are you, do you not believe that, you know, maybe a dabble can, can turn around that offense, kind of get them in the right direction? Yes, but not in year one, though. I'm not okay. sure about it happening in year one. And what are your thoughts on Daniel Jones? I think he will not be there for long. I, I have my doubts that he will be there for long. I like some of the stuff that he does. I think he is very athletic. I, am, I have concerns about the way that he handles the football. Mm -hmm. I think that he, that he is not the long-term answer for the Giants. And I know that they want to give him another year because John Mara said that 
they don't want to, you know, let him go without giving him an opportunity because they've done everything to ruin his career in his own words. But at the end of the day, you brought in a new head coach. If he doesn't like what he sees after year one, you need to give him the freedom to do his thing and go get another quarterback, especially in such a quarterback loaded class like the one that we're getting next next year. Absolutely. Sorry to go off track, off, off track there, Mike, but what, what do you have this as a win or a loss? Win. Easy. Yeah, I'm going with a win as well. Actually, uh, well, let me double, let me double check that. You know, I, excuse me, guys, but um, you know, after back-to-back road victories against tougher competition, Dallas is in the zone and wins their third straight game. So yeah, oh. I have this as as a win as well. You Just said sorry, sure. and I was like, oh hell no. <laughs> Hey, my bad, guys. And uh, next up, here we are, week 14 against the Indi- Indianapolis Colts, or excuse me, week 13 versus the Indianapolis Colts. And in 2021, their regular season record was 9-8. and eight. Their playoff record, of course, they missed the playoffs by one game. And the, their 2022 strength of schedule is the sixth easiest. Mike, when you look at the Colts, outside of maybe Matt Ryan, what were some key offseason addition, additions for them? Oh, see, what I was going to do is let Mauricio go, because I think the answer is who you just said. So, Mauricio, yeah. you can take this one away. I think we all know that that position is just too important. Yeah. Right? Uh, Nick Foles. Nah, I'm just kidding. I cannot say <laughs> Nick Foles here, though. Uh, but, you know, I know that a lot of people are not that high on Alec Pierce, who they ended up drafting the wide receiver out of Cincinnati. But I think that's a big addition to an offense that doesn't have that many wide receivers. They have some special guys, but they needed the depth. So I think that having an X receiver like Alec Pierce is, he's a guy that can win vertically. He's a guy that has strong hands. He's a guy that I would have liked to see in the Cowboys as well, honestly, during the draft process. So I think that Alec Pierce has got to be one of them. I think that they absolutely stole Bernard Raymond. I know a lot of people were not high on him, but if you're getting him in the third round, I think that was a steal because they needed offensive line help. And I got to say it just because he was a fan favorite for Cowboys Nation, Jelani Woods, right? A tight end that can do it all, even though it will take time. And you know, for me, I'm going with a, a, a move that seems kind of under the radar, but they were able to acquire Yannick Ngakwe to add to that defensive line with DeForest Buckner and an yeah. up-and-coming Kawiti Pei. You know, that, that defensive line is pretty pretty stout for the Indianapolis Colts. Then you add that pass rush ability from Ngakwe. I, I like that move quite a bit. If That's Matt good Ryan's I'd good. I forgotten about that one. If if Matt Ryan's good, the Colts the Colts could be really good. Yeah, you know, looking at the Colts, was Carson Wentz their biggest offseason loss, Mike? <laughs> that was an addition. <laughs> that was their, their addition by subtraction. Was just getting that guy off the roster. So <laughs> I I really had no law. Lo- I didn't have any losses for them. I thought they had a pretty damn clean offseason, honestly. What about you, Mauricio? Was there anything that caught your eye? Well, you know, the fact that I had forgotten that T.Y. Hilton was no longer a receiver with the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, that's a big one for sure. Yeah, Hilton, yeah, yeah. He might not be at his prime and all of that, but Hilton was a big time receiver for the Colts. And as I said, I don't think that they have the best depth at wide receivers. So you got Matt Ryan. You want him to have some guys to throw the football to. And I mm-hmm. think that T.Y. Hilton is definitely a loss. Was yeah, T.Y. Hilton well. one of the names? I'm sorry, Paul. Was T.Y. Hilton one of the names that you would like Dallas to bring in, Mauricio? 
I think that I would like Will Fuller better, maybe. And of course, I can daydream about OBJ, but I definitely would not mind getting T.Y. Hilton. I, I, yeah, think I thought T.Y. Hilton Will was Fuller kind of rumored to the Cowboys for, for a while, wasn't he? Was Was T.Y. Hilton rumored to the Cowboys there for a little while uh, during the offseason, early in the offseason? Some slight rumors, right? Though, like it was never like a report that they were right, interested right. in him. So it was there, there were some weird rumors about it. It it was what it was was T. Y. Hilton's agent said, just mention <laughs> the Cowboys. Yeah, and it'll With get Pat on McAfee. every TV show, and then T. Y. Hilton's name will get out there. And Pat McAfee brought it up on on his show, and that was oh, when wow, it blew okay. up. I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, talking about the losses, Mauricio, you and I have the same thinking here. I I look at T.Y. Hilton as well because you look at that wide receiver two position, of course they added Alec Pierce via the draft, but, you know, they they also have Paris Campbell who hasn't been able to stay healthy. We don't know what they have in Alec Pierce. And outside of Michael Pittman, there's there's some questions there at receiver. And although T.Y. Hilton is getting older, uh, I still think he has a little something left in the tank, and he's a veteran and playing with a a smart quarterback like Matt Ryan. I feel like that is a, a big loss because – you know, what happens to Michael Pittman if he were to get injured? Now you have, have nobody to really to rely on, and that, that can be tough. For sure. Agreed. So, you know, even after the addition of the uh, – even after the addition of Matt Ryan, are the Colts underrated, do you think, Mauricio? I think so. So the Titans ended up being the number one seed in the AFC, and I know they didn't have a lot of credibility even then because everyone said that it was something weird that happened in the league. But everyone, or not everyone, but a lot of people would make the Titans the favorites to win the division. And I've got the Colts winning the AFC South. I think they have a pretty balanced roster on both sides of the ball. I think that they can dominate the trenches. And I like Frank Reich as a head coach, honestly. So, yes, I will say that they are underrated to this point. Mike? I put them as properly rated. And the way I looked at it is I thought most people think they're them or Titans are the contenders in the South and that they would be a tough out in the playoffs. And it kind of depends on does Matt Ryan have a fall off at all? If he's better than Ryan Tannehill, I think they win the NFC South. If he's fallen off at all or can't transition as well to a new spot, then uh, then the Titans could win the division. I think they could still w- make one of the seven uh, spots for a wild card. And then nobody's going to want to play that team. Matt Ryan's been mm-hmm. to a Super Bowl. Um, yeah. they, they're tough on the offensive line. They're tough uh, on defense. They have a good coach who's won as a coordinator before. So I think they're pretty properly rated. A, a playoff team who could win the division and would be a tough out. Okay. You know, when game planning for this game, Dan, you know, looking at Dan Quinn here, Mike, should Dan Quinn focus be stopping Matt Ryan or Jonathan Taylor? You know my answer here. The Dak era, we, we don't stop the run in big games, and it it terrifies me uh, uh, playing Jonathan Taylor, especially we seem to be okay at it in the division. The minute we play somebody outside the division, they 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 – they can just butcher us, and we've seen Colts do it. Literally, they've they've mm-hmm. done it before. So, yeah, I definitely am. I would rather stop Taylor and make it get to third down, and then Matt Ryan, good luck against our pass rush. So that that's how I would play it. What about you, Mauricio? I would go with Matt Ryan just because I uh, like if if I'm talking about defensive philosophy, give me the defense that focus on stopping the passing game and force the other team to run the football, but. I'm way more scared about Jonathan Taylor than I am 
and I know that sounds ironic, but I'm scared about Jonathan Taylor. But overall, I just feel like my philosophy would be to stop the quarterback first and the passing game. I, I, I'll, I'll say that in any generic game, if you told me what's the key, you'd yeah. always say exactly what Mauricio said. It, it does worry me, Jonathan Taylor, though. Like yeah. he said, he's scary. Yeah, I, I can see Jonathan Taylor and the Heim Hines really giving our defense fits if, if we don't stick to our assignments. You know what I mean? I love Hines. That's yeah, a great I player. do too. Me too. Mauricio, when you look at the, look at this matchup, do you think this game will be one of the trenches or in the red zone? Well, one of the things that I love about watching the Colts is watching their offensive line play. They, they, they do some special things with Quentin Nelson in the middle there. So I will say that in the trenches, I, I love what the Colts are able to do in the trenches. I think they also have a very decent defensive line. So I think that it will definitely be defined in the trenches rather than in the red zone. Mike? I'm going to sell out on this one and not really answer by answering. I'm going to say both. For the Indy, yeah. for Indy, it's in the trenches. If they can just bully us around and run yeah. the ball, that's going to be their key to it. I think for us, though, it's the red zone. Not only us scoring TDs, but even if we're run on, can we hold them once we get into the red zone? So I think for Indy, it's going to be about the trenches. For Dallas, it's going to be about the red zone. And the truth is, is that's a cop-out answer, and I shouldn't be allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Marisa, when you look at the uh, offensive and defensive lines, I mean, do you, who do you think has the advantage there? Is it, is it Dallas or Indianapolis? I will go with it's a close one because I think that both teams have, you know, question marks across the trenches. I will go with the Colts just like by remembering what they did to some of the opposing defenses that they faced late in the season. Remember what they did to the Patriots, for example. They were not, the Patriots were not budging that much but they got to the second half and the Patriots got out physical and we've mm -hmm. seen the Cowboys get out physical sometimes uh, I don't need to remind anybody of the of the Broncos game in 2021 but it happened yeah. so I am leaning towards the Colts on this one Mike I I 100% agree they got a DeForest Buckner we don't yeah. have no DeForest Buckner even if you add Parsons to DN we we win the edge rush, mm -hmm. but they're inside of their offensive line and they're inside of their defensive line, which is kind of more the trenches. Right, right. They're better. All right, Mauricio, looking at this week 13 matchup, is this a win or a loss? I will go with a loss. I will go with a loss because, you know, I've been optimistic by with the wins to the Packers and the, the Vikings, but the NFL is a league of matchups. And as I said, I, I'm a big believer in the trenches. When I am picking games and all of that, I always look at the trench warfare. And I think that this is the kind of team that the Cowboys can struggle against. So I will take the Colts on this one. And unfortunately, it's a primetime game, so a lot will be made out of it. And it's one that I want to go watch, actually. One of my closest friends is a diehard Colts fan, so I'm looking forward to going uh, to the game with him. Oh, that would awesome. be fun. Yeah, that's a plan. breaking that's a news. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I don't want to jinx it though. <laughs> Mike, is this a win or a loss for you, sir? I have it as a loss. Same thing. Until yeah. Dallas shows that they can stop a run game like like Rams or Colts or Titans, uh, why would I believe in it? You know, so mm -hmm. I got to see him do it. And Matt Ryan's good enough to not give away a game like Carson Wentz might. 
So I, I can't even say that, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got I got Colts winning. Guys, this is crazy because I also have this as a loss. Of course, after three straight wins, this is going to be a physical battle. And I, I just think that, um, you know, I, I'm trying not to be too much of a homer, but Indy has had our number lately. And playing the numbers and not being a, and being a coward, I think Dallas loses the co- close game at home. Fair. So here we are with a, we're you know, we're going to go with our record recap and we're all in alliance here. Mike, you have us a three and one. Mauricio, you have us a three mm-hmm. and one. And I also had us a three and one. Uh uh-uh, uh, two and two. Minnesota. You have us a two and two. Uh, I got us eight. I got yes. us eight and four. Eight and overall. four. That's true. Mauricio, that's true. you have us at a nine and three. I also had us at nine and three after 13 weeks. You know, look after uh, looking at the season as a whole, Mauricio, what do you have the, what do you have the Dallas record being? Well, as a whole, and the number that I've said all throughout the offseason has been between the 10 wins and the 11 wins. I will stick with the 11 wins just because I know that we've been breaking these games down, uh, like narrow-minded, like looking at each of the games. But, you know, injuries happen, and I think that there will be some points in which the Cowboys will struggle. I think that they will lose one of their games to the Philadelphia Eagles, even if we're not believers in Jalen Hurts or anything like that. I think that they lose one of those. I don't think that they sweep the division. So I will go with 11 and 6. Oh, okay. I like it. What's your circle game on the schedule? What's the game that's like, this is the game? I know this is not an original answer at all, but it's got to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game in week one. It's got to (laughs) be that one because it's the kickoff. It's a big game versus a team that you had a tremendous battle against last year. It's in your house this time. And it's the first that we will see from a quote-unquote healthy Dak Prescott in a long time. So that's the one that I have circled in my calendar. And a second one, this might be more original, the one that we just talked about, the Indianapolis Colts game. Because it's late in the season, it's a physical matchup, and it will tell us a lot about where the Cowboys are at. That's such a good answer. That the the Tampa because if you lose to Tampa, it really doesn't matter what you do till the Rams game because nobody's gonna give you anything against Cincinnati. They'll immediately say, "Ah, Cincinnati, they got hot." Blah blah blah. We all know they're not gonna give you the other one. So so if you don't win that, it's it's yeah. You it don't matter what you do, win them all. It's not gonna matter till you play the Rams and then the Colts. Absolutely, the way the run game is so important. At 11 and 6, Mauricio is Dallas a playoff team this year. It, it has to be. It has to be because they have to be the favorites in the NFC East. And, you know, I know that Cowboys Nation is not even interested in making the playoffs. They want to win in the playoffs, which is way different. And I think that's fair, honestly. I know that sometimes Cowboys Nation can sound a little bit cynical. This time, I think that they're right. It's not about making the playoffs anymore, not in the NFC East. If you lose the NFC East to the Philadelphia Eagles, then that should tell you how bad of a season you had. And and I'm not hating on the Eagles because, as we said at at the opening of the show, they might have a better roster. But you have Dak Prescott. You have the clear quarterback advantage in the division. They need to make the playoffs, and I think that they will. Yep. All right, so what's your Super Bowl prediction for this year? Now, First of all, can you give that away? Because if that's an A to Z sports thing, I'm, I'm not, I won't make you do it. I understand. Nah, don't worry. I, I will give you my, my Super Bowl awesome. prediction. I know people are high on the Bills. 
But I think that quarterback plus head coach is what matters the most in this league. So I once again will go with the Kansas City Chiefs to represent the, the AFC in the Super Bowl. And I will go with the Rams to be in the Super Bowl once again from the mm. NFC. Because I know that a lot of people will say, you know, the Rams also got a little bit hot. They struggled at plenty of moments throughout the season. They had to get lucky to make it into the Super Bowl in the first place with the drop interception by Tart and all of that. But I like the attitude that they have going on in the Rams. They are still signing players. They still have Aaron Donald. And I love Matthew Stafford and what he has done with Sean McVay. And they finally beat the 49ers in the most important game that they had. Who do you think is a better coach, Andy? Go ahead, Paul, please. No, no, go ahead. Your team believes that that you can win when you continue to go all in like that. It is motivation for Aaron Donald, for Matt Stafford, for Cooper Cup, because they're going, our team believes, this is our run. This is our dynasty. I love those picks. I think they're very realistic. You mentioned uh, coaching and quarterback combos, Mauricio. When you you look at Andy Reid and Sean McVay, who do you think is the better coach? Ah, that's a good one. I need to go with Andy Reid, though. I need to go with Andy Reid. I love Sean McVay. I just put too much weight maybe in the way that we have seen Andy Reid for a long, long time. We have been – we know – that the consistency will be there, which Sean McVay has been so far, but he might be too young in the game for us to know for sure. Yeah. Agreed. All right, Marisa, we're wrapping things up. Before we get you out of here, let the people know where they can find your content. Uh, thank you. Well, you can find me on Twitter, as I said, at NFL. That's M-A-U-N-F-L. You can catch my weekly show every night from Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central on ADC Sports Dallas on YouTube, on Facebook, and you can read my articles in there as well, aducsports.com slash Dallas. That's where you can find me. And if you are uh, someone that talks Spanish, if you're maybe from Mexico or you're from the United States, but you talk Spanish, I have a Facebook page and a YouTube channel called Primero Cowboys. That's all in Spanish. And actually check out, uh, I'm plugging maybe a little bit too much here, but never. No, you're fine, you're uh, fine. Isaac, Isaac Alarcón was on the show today, and that was a pretty amazing interview. I loved having him on, and he's a great guy and just, you know, a Mexican proud. There you go. Very cool. I was going to plug that for you anyway, so you're good. <laughs> okay, I'm awesome, glad you awesome. got it. Well, Mike, where can, remind the people they can find you on Twitter, sir. A pleasure to have you on, man. Thank you so much, Mauricio. This really was awesome for me. You're a badass, dude. Just plain and simple. <laughs> Uh, at CD Piglet, guys, you know it. Letter C, letter D, Piglet. Nice and easy. Like Mike said, Mike, thank you so much, Mauricio, for coming on. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.